Are you planning for retirement, buying a home, sending your kids to college, or looking for ways to protect your estate assets? The Simply Advised podcast connects you to trusted professionals, subject matter experts who communicate critical information in a meaningful and memorable way to guide you to make smart choices. Listen in as our experts help you handle whatever life throws your way. Hello and welcome to another Simply Advised podcast. The goal of this podcast is very simple, to provide you with executable, actionable, and amazing education when it comes to financial services. And today, of course, is no different than any of the other podcasts we've done. We've got Francesco Cochamilio, who is a portfolio manager and investment advisor with Hampton Securities in Toronto, Canada. Now, what he's going to talk about is educating all of you on the advantages of working with an independent firm. Francesco, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Matt. It's great to be here. And I really uh, appreciate the time that we're going to have together today. I am really interested in learning from you because this is something that I personally don't know enough about. And I think our audience is going to be really happy to find out the benefits of working with an independent advisor since, as we had been talking about before we started recording, that the big banks pretty much own wealth management. And there are some pros and cons to that, which is we're going to dive into that soon. But I think, Francesco, it's really important for us to really understand your journey, my friend. Why did you become a financial advisor? Yeah, it's, it is an interesting journey, actually, Matt. I came to the, to the business late in the game. I have a pretty diverse background. I've done everything from working in the hospitality industry for several years to working in nonprofit, and then also being in uh, technology services and software for many years in software sales and marketing. So I, I have a real uh, mix of background and skills that I was able to bring to the business. So I was looking at starting my own business and launching my own initiatives about 15 years ago. And I, my, we had some friends that were in the business and my wife said, well, why don't you look at, look at, look at Jane, she's doing fantastic in that business. Uh, why don't you take a look at that? So I ended up working at one of the banks uh, here in Canada, being hired, starting from scratch and launching the business there and going into the business without really having very much knowledge at all about investment and wealth management, uh, financial planning, all those things. So uh, it's been a, a great ride and a great uh, learning experience, wonderful journey for me. And that's why education and empowering people to understand more about the industry, the business, investing is really important to me. So you've been involved in a lot of different kinds of business and in in at, as an outsider when you came in give us a general overview of what wealth management looks like in Canada since you have a, a, a broad foundation in the world it's interesting to hear your perspective so let, let's dive into that if you don't mind sure perfect it's certainly changed even from the time that I've come in 15 years ago there's been tremendous change I think I was on the cusp when I came in 2007 of the whole revolution on the online brokers where clients can manage their own investments, pay very little fees. Prior to my entry into the, the business, you had to go to an investment advisor in order to access the markets. And I think knowledge and accessibility changed dramatically from the time that I started and over the last 15 years. So technology has really upended the industry, should we say, and it changed 
the role of the advisor. Wealth management overall in Canada, I think, still going through a tremendous amount of changes, things like robo-advisors. It's no longer just about the online brokerage, but now you can have your portfolio managed automatically without even having to work with an advisor or doing it yourself. Uh, So the job or the role of the advisor has become more of a comprehensive approach and clients are looking for a lot more than just what stock to buy or sell and building out portfolios. It's really a holistic approach where you're providing advice, many different levels, everything from business succession planning to philanthropy through retirement planning, uh, all these different facets that clients look to the advisor for. As far as the industry overall, I think it's still, and we we're talking a little bit about this now in, in a little little while around, the banks still have an oligopoly in financial services in Canada, which includes wealth management. So we, you know, the banks are dominant in the industry, but I think that's why it's really critical for the topic that we're talking about today, which is the importance of working with an independent firm and independent advisor. With technology, so much has changed, and one of the pieces that that I firmly believe, and I, I think you and I'll be on the same page with this, is that technology can't empower, right? Technology can't provide holistic advice, and it really isn't able to tailor education, at least at this point in the world of technology. Now, maybe later down the road it will. But why do you think that's so important? Why do you think that the empowerment component and the education component is so critical when it comes to dealing with your clients? Look, I talk to my clients all the time about this point. And I think some of my clients, they say, well, you're the advisor, so you do what you think is best. But I think it's critical for clients to understand how and what is being done with their money. I mean, what it's not just about products, but how is a portfolio being constructed? What's happening at the, the high level, macro level of the economy? What are the themes? What are the trends? And how that's going to impact their wealth. I mean, wealth is an emotional part of life. It's a necessity as far as being able to feed and have roof over your head, but to really want to do the things that you want to do in life and have access to those things, it's about making the proper financial decisions as you progress in life. So being educated on not just the investment side, but the other things like pensions, whether we talk about CPP or OAS, or we talk about the RRSPs and what happens when they convert to a RIF. And there's a lot of planning that's involved in that. And the planning is very much tied to the objectives and the wants and needs of a client. And so getting educated on all those things and having someone that you can talk to and advise you on them is very different than what technology can do. Sure, you can read about it. You know, you can sure watch all kinds of videos, but really having a human human interaction that can explore more of your emotional and psychological aspects of these things is really critical. Now, I I don't mean to rehash a wound if there is one, but something must have happened. You either had an epiphany or something happened with a client because going independent is a big deal and a lot of work. All right. So why did you make this big jump? Well, I think this comes back to my drive of being entrepreneurial. I think, you know, listen, the banks are a fantastic place to learn, to build out the skills. But of course, you know, as as any large any large corporation, there's structures in place there. And it's not necessarily an entrepreneurial culture. So 
you're kind of driven towards the corporate interest as far as what you need to be doing from a revenue generating perspective and what you need to be, what kind of products or account types you need to be in for clients. So you don't have the flexibility and the entrepreneurial spirit where you can really do I, what I like to say is what's always in the best interest of the client. And, and that's not to say, listen, the, the clients that are at, at banks are being very well looked after. But for me personally, it was about that entrepreneurial drive and being able to be a bit more innovative and offer my clients more of what I like to say, an open platform environment. And even for myself, for my business, just to have more flexibility around marketing Yes, it's it's hard to make uh, large sweeping generalizations about the fact that bank advisors are providing un or entirely unbiased advice or or they're not, right? Because they do have a framework that they have to work in whereas you have like shaken off those tethers my friend right and now all of a sudden i mean obviously within the law you're able to do things that you personally feel are vital to the the financial well-being and the overall well-being of, of your clients and in, in, in relationships so let's talk about those advantages uh, just break them down what do you think are the biggest advantages of working with somebody independent like you yeah so to me an unbiased approach to what you're doing. I think this goes back to the best interest of the client. There's no proprietary products, uh, proprietary types of services that I have to offer clients. So it doesn't necessarily mean I won't offer certain services or certain products, but it's open platform. I'm not, I'm not uh, fenced in by any corporate, like I said, corporate interests or corporate uh, driven initiatives. So I'm fully independent. I can offer clients an unbiased approach and an unbiased explanation and view on any product, any financial product, any service that can be offered. There's nothing there that is proprietary in nature. And I think that's really important, having that unbiased view. And at the same time, the secondary component that leads into that is an open platform. I can offer anything that a bank advisor can offer, if not more. I would say for clients. And like you mentioned, the within the, the compliance structure, obviously, I mean, there's still uh, things that we have to abide by from a regulatory perspective that is still we're still covered by. So the open platform to me is really important. You know, the the bank advisors may be limited as far as things like small cap uh, stocks or things like private equity. And I think the other piece is fees. I know we haven't really touched on this, but and there's a lot of discussion around fees, and that's where the whole drive around discount brokers and robo-advisors and all of that has come from. And look, it's a market-driven business, so profitability is important, whether you're a bank advisor or you're an independent advisor. But I think, again, going back to being in the bank, I think you're limited as far as what you can do around fee structure. So I'm very fee-conscious for my clients. I think that it's the value that you receive for the fees. It's not a structured fee environment that says, this is what I have to charge. I look at it from client to client and I'm very fee conscious. And there's different tiers, obviously, of clients and that I manage. And, and I have that flexibility to manage that fee expense in a much better way at the independent firm. Now, you just uh, opened a can of worms that I want to go ahead and kind of dive into a little bit, which is let's talk about your client base, right? So who do you help? Is there somebody that you like to help more than others? I mean, not necessarily from a personality standpoint, even though that's important, but like if you were to paint a picture of your ideal client, what, what does that person look like? Yeah. So many of my clients are business owners. I think 
business owners have unique needs around planning for sure. So there's things like corporate accounts, holding companies, then their individual investments around you know their RSPs and their non-registered investments. But there's a lot of moving pieces when you're a business owner. And it's a bit more complex than dealing with just an individual personal account. And I enjoy that complexity. I enjoy the, the opportunity to provide advice, tax planning, doing estate planning, looking at options for you know managing their cash flows, looking at the best way to provide readily available pools of capital that they can draw on to grow their businesses. So I, I think that's certainly a type of client and a, a model client for me. But you know, I also work with many multi-generational families where again, some of the same issues around managing estate and planning considerations, which I think are really critical and setting things up from a tax efficient perspective is is also very important to me. And I have many of those clients as well. When you talk about planning, would you mind diving just a little bit more deeply into what your planning process is and maybe uh, have these be in those two categories, right? From the multi-generational family and also the business owners. You touch a little bit more on it in the business owners, but if you could just kind of lift up the hood a little bit more and, and show our listeners a little bit more of what that planning means to you. Sure. And I think this is a critical aspect of uh, wealth management. I think to just look at it at your investments or your portfolio and, and focus on rates of return in a vacuum, it makes absolutely no sense. And if you compare your performance, you look at performance to what the markets are doing, again, it makes absolutely no sense. So the plan is couched, is foundational, and it's couched in your goals, your objectives, your dreams, what it is that you want out of life. So building that plan means sitting down with a client and understanding their goals, their dreams, their objectives, what they want to accomplish, and not just from a financial perspective, but from a life perspective. So when you're building the plan, you're looking, sure, you're working with the numbers and you're forecasting out, but it's a bit more massaged in the sense that it comes down to lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle does a client want to lead? When do they want to retire? How do they want to retire? And how do you man and then bring in all the other aspects of it? How do you manage the tax aspect of that. What's the most tax efficient way to get to where you want to go and live the life that you want to lead? And I think with business owners, it becomes more complex because there are things like operating companies and hold co's and business succession planning. So planning overall is really, really critical. And it has to be part of your overall wealth management. It's a, just a really critical component. And the holistic approach that we that I briefly talked about at the beginning is what I use with my clients. And it's really about getting to know them, getting to know what their dreams are, their objectives, their goals, building out that plan, and then building a portfolio uh, of investments that matches that. So then if we've determined in a plan that it's 5% a year gets us to all those goals, then we're benchmarking to that 5%, not to the 20% or the negative 10% that the markets are returning at any given time. It's a long-term view. It's a long-term approach. Now, you said something that I have yet to hear from other people on this podcast, really talking about the multi-generational component of what you can do. Can you define that a little bit more? What does multi-generational mean to you? And how do you open that door to become the family's advisor? So, uh, well, opening the door initially is really having a relationship with a client. 
and then it could start as just an individual client. Uh, if they're, you know, I have clients that are younger and then they end up having life events. I think this comes down to life events as far as multi-generational. You know, you get married, then you've got the spouse, then there's, you know, you're not just looking at uh, one individual, but your partner as well. And how that now changes the dynamic as far as what the investments would look like and, and what the tax management aspect of it is and the estate planning and those types of things. And obviously that moves forward. So, you know, and then there's kids. And so then you're looking at things like registered education savings plans and how to best structure those. And then you've got aging parents that you're looking at inheritances and how to best manage bringing that into your overall wealth management. So multi-generational truly is about life events. So you link that to things like the wonderful things around weddings and all those other things that happen in kids and, and all of that. And then there's things that can happen like divorce and, and you know, obviously death and all of that, that also causes an impact on what happens with your wealth. And, and so they can be very positive things. They can be negative things, but they all need to be managed. And that happens across generations. It doesn't just happen with the one client that you're dealing with. You're dealing with all of their, their parents, their children, uh, and their extended family. I, I've heard that the best advisors are ones who are part analyst, part therapist, which, you know, it does take a very specific skill set. And it's fascinating to me to hear about your journey as not only an entrepreneur, but like you remember what it was like to be an employee. Do you remember what it's like to be a business owner? Do you remember what it's like to have to deal with life events and all of those things that have happened to you? And Francesco, I try very hard to prepare all of these amazing questions, right? To try to pull out as much as I can from you. But is there anything I should have asked you before we wrap up today or anything else that you'd like to add before we kind of wrap up the show? Well, I, I think what you just talked about where it's about relationships. For me, I think it is really critically important that you have an advisor that you can trust, that understands you, that has, has experience, like you said, in many of these life events. And I can say I, you know, from being in many different industries and working through hospitality, nonprofit, technology sector, and now being a business owner, I think helps in the way that I can help address and work with my clients on getting them to where they need to be from a wealth management perspective. Having a relate, you know, being empathetic, I consider myself a very empathetic individual. So really understanding and putting yourself in somebody else's uh, shoes and trying to work with them to get through some of these things that happen in life. I am sure that there are going to be people who are going to be like, okay, I'd really like to talk to this guy. What, what is the best way, Francesco, for them to reach out to you or to connect with you? Or what is your preferred means to begin a relationship with our listeners? Yeah, I think you could, there's multiple ways, obviously. There's my website, which is francescococcimilio.com. I think we can put that out there when we get this podcast out. Obviously, my phone number, I can put that out. I have no problems with that. It's a 416-862-8715. I can be reached at. And I'm on Facebook as well. So I think this is going to go get put out onto Facebook, which is going to have all my contact details there. And I'm, I'm happy to connect with anybody that way as well. Francesco Cochimilio, thank you very much for taking some time today to talk to our listeners about the advantages of working with somebody independent if you happen to be a Canadian. 
Thank you, Matt. It was uh, great to uh, be part of the podcast, and I look forward to doing some more in the future. Thank you. We are going to make sure that we have all of those links that Francesco just talked about in the show notes here. So if you have any questions or you want to look at it, really, it's just the, the notes attached to the podcast. And also, just think about it. If you have the opportunity to work with somebody who is truly independent, product agnostic, and can give you unbiased advice, isn't that what you would want? Instead of falling in line with large bureaucracy, it's nice to work with somebody who has the freedom to pivot, to move, and who isn't going to be surrounded by guardrails really around them entirely, which is what happens a lot of times with the big banks. And I think Francesco did a great job today of explaining that. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new one, it'll show up directly on your listening device. But for Francesco and all of us here, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to the Simply Advise podcast. Click on the link to subscribe to our podcast and learn more about how we can help you become more confident and informed about your financial choices. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hampton Securities Limited. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation.